that's fine. That's going to stay here. No distractions. We're focused. Everyone Hel- focus in. Hello, everyone. Today's episode of Fight Forever nah, no, is brought to you starting, by... Turn that over again. Mm. Give us a clean read. Take it again okay. from the top. Mm, hello, everyone. Today's episode nah, nah, of... Uh, nah, uh, stick to the script. <clears throat> and uh, more uh, Orson Welles. Okay. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fight Forever, where aliens have begun to take over the planet. This is for real, everyone. Fucking panic, bitches. Perfect. Got it. Hello and welcome to Fight Forever, the, the most, most fanciful, fanciful fight, fight sports, sports podcast, podcast on the in the universe. Well, ah! okay. fake fighters fighting fake fights. I'm Zach. That's Colin. I'm Dan. This is ear rape. Please don't. trigger warning. No. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we are back to talk all of the fanciful, fun, funny happenings in the fight sports game that is pers. Hold on, I, somebody reboot me. That's persistent. What's the term? Like it's per, persisted, per, per transpired. Perhaps. I was trying to say transpired. That was not even close. I was not close. All the wrestling that's perspired. <laughs> All the wrestling that's fit to perspirit. Uh, yeah, so here we go. Uh, how we been, guys? It's been like two months since our last episode. I blame my baby. Well, yeah. They, we all have such big beards now. And, you know, it's... We're big, handsome, beardy boys. Big, handsome, beardy boys. Some of our beards are bigger than others. we make a t-shirt? Big, beardy boys. Big, beautiful, bearded boys. <laughs> and can we all go bald so it's big, big bald, bald, bearded, big, beautiful, beautiful, big, beardy well, boys. boys? As you all know, I have. I'm waiting on you boys to commit to that no hair life. It looks like that's coming back in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you've grown that hair a back shorter in. Than boy, you two fellers now. Oh, well, sure, but you you aren't living the bald life anymore. We can't call you Bowling Ball, big, beautiful, bearded, balding, bowling ball boy. Yeah, you kind of got the balding. Bobby Hill thing happening right now. You're kind of a big it's Bobby. It's more of a Pugsley Adams, thank you. <laughs> Go see Adams Family in theaters now. <laughs> a word from our sponsors. So, uh, a lot has happened in the wrestling landscape, Quite and we're going to talk about none of Very it. Very little of it. <laughs> um, so, how's... No. So, so, how's your how's your mom? I mean, she's okay. Yeah, she's doing fun, you know, whatever. Wrestling. She still won't lend me the lake house, though. Yeah, thin ice. You're thin, thin ice. ice. Wrestling. It's a wrestling podcast. Anyway, your mom. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, anyway, our personal lives. <laughs> And what's that's, the deal? That's with- always my favorite thing on a podcast, by the way, is when they're like, hey, so uh, we're this subject, like the true crime, uh, but let's talk for like 40 fucking minutes about bullshit. So I get some coffee and then someone cut me off and yada, 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 yada. I gotta, yeah. gotta warm up in the booth, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just fucking lay down the hot tracks. No, fucking get to... The good old true crime. I I want to be a fifties, you know, mom. Here a fifty. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. A mom in her fifties. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there Thanks for clarifying. Okay. No, it was like a fifty. I was like a I was fifties mom. I was, I, had home and I was puzzled in the in the syntax there for a yeah. second. Yes. 
It's so, it's Pleasantville. Here's the I'm thing, getting. though. If you get people to like the host for our personalities, then they'll listen to whatever the fuck we talk Spoiler about. No. no one's going to like us. <laughs> we should yeah. really focus We're on the very subject. unlikable white men, <laughs> which means we'll be very successful. Very successful. <laughs> Wrestling. Wrestling. Uh, so punchy sport. The, uh, I mean, the most interesting, most pressing thing the last little bit has been NXT and AEW. <gasps> We are now we're two weeks into the AEW on TNT experience. Mom and dad are fighting each other. Oh, I don't geez. know if I like it. It but does no. take me back to my childhood. Not because of mom and dad fighting, but because of the whole Monday Night Wars <laughs> ask element. WCW now and Wednesday Wednesday Night mom Wars. and dad fighting. Well, it's it's kind of a one A one B kind watching, of thing. Yeah. While I'm watching the Monday Night Wars and mom and dad are fighting. Was that a broken plate or was that a stone cold entering? I don't know. Let's find out. Tune in more after this commercial break. (laughs) Tune into my therapist weekly as we try to detangle these very terribly entwined memories. It's very painful. So AEW, boys. I mean, I like it. Yeah. It's been kind of... I don't. (gasps) Unpopular opinion. Come with the hot Uh, takes. Hot takes. No, it's it's been really interesting to see the two shows, uh, how they've been working against each other, which is to say WWE is trying their hardest to counter-program against AEW, and it isn't really yeah. working. Yeah, I think they've... So, I guess what I like about it is that they finally have the opportunity to start building storylines and arcs. Yep. And so we'll see how far, how long they continue a storyline or arc, because we know with WWE, it's like... Hey, here's something that happens, and we'll resolve by the end of the week. And then next week, it won't even be a thing. So that's ADD problematic versus, I think, AEW's kind of more old school. They're proving to be... AEW is proving to be so far... Not that two weeks is a huge sample size here. Um, but they're proving to have learned from their series of events, you know, over the summer of these little startups here. They're proving to be very deliberate... And iterative in telling their story. It's been pretty straightforward. Like here, here's Chris Jericho. Here's our world champ. He's a heel. He has a faction. He does a big promo where he talks, introduces everybody to all these guys, and talks about why you should care, why you should give a shit about them. Whether that's like we're we're introducing, we're contextualizing LAX in the new AEW thing where they can't use that name, or introducing a national uh, a national audience to Sammy Guevara, or decoupling Jake Hager fully from anything that he ever was as Jack Swagger in WWE. So is it's been, it Jake now, not Jack? No, yeah, it was always, well, he's Jake Hager. He just, he fights him. They're t- treating him like his, his MMA okay. character or personality, whatever. So he's fighting under his real name. I got you. And it's, but it's weird because even in the MMA world, like when he was fighting in Bellator, he was still doing the We the People thing. Because they didn't have any, he just didn't really have anything as a performer that, and that's like not 100% on him. It's just that's all anyone knew him for. But like pretty clearly in this past week's episode, people did the We the People chant, and Jericho's like, no, don't fucking chant that shit. That was a dumb line from a bad creative team. <laughs> and don't do that. And so they're like, <laughs> okay, they're not. So well, they started chanting AEW. To maybe bridge the gap if they're trying to legitimize him as like the MMA, if like, you know, he could be Jake Swagger Hagger, you know? It's, they're not. Which AEW's I mean, yeah, not they're, touching they're, it sounds like they're just letting it. Putting it to pasture, cool, moving on. You know. But they have that, and it's building up, and they had the whole... They had, like, all the people but, show up, and it led into a Darby Allen thing, which is the thing next funny. week. So they're being very good about deliberately building week-to-week 
and to, from the start of the show to the end of the show. We're trying to hook I'm, you, yeah. To I'm keep hearing back. rumors though, like really back and forth as to how much uh, uh, vitriol and venom is really in this uh, feud because Jericho is going on live TV and saying, bad creative, this shit sucks, we're much better, versus I've heard rumors that Cody Rhodes is trying to buy... Uh, a match stipulation from WWE. I'm hearing uh, a lot of a lot of things. Another way where it's like, oh hey, we're trying to remain like cool-ish. They know that they're not going to compete with Raw or SmackDown. No, yeah, and but, I mean, and, and Jericho's even said that on his podcast and stuff. He's like, if yeah. we're competing with NXT, he's like, okay, he's like, but we are not trying to go toe to toe with Raw and SmackDown. We're trying to just be an alternative mm -hmm. to your lesser programs because they recognize they can't stand to the big boys who are now on Fox. Not but yet. Yeah, but yeah. it's like you, you have to put your eyes on the, the target you're aiming to kind of take out first. Yeah, you got to... I mean, they're they're being conservative with their steps, but taking good measured, good measured risks and taking intelligent decisions, which has been kind of interesting to see in the storytelling and their way they're approaching their business. Like, yeah, Cody Rhodes is trying to get you know war games back from WWE and stuff because he's like, oh, I'm just trying to get all my dad's assorted intellectual properties, and then maybe they'll do something with it. I know it's been cool. It's been a pretty solid TV show the last two weeks, and we have a cool new T-shirt that will finally probably replace Bullet Club. It and the the fat the fat guy with big beards and black T-shirts thing. Hey, don't talk about my clothing repertoire. Uh, same, bro. These, <laughs> I mean, it's all three of ours. <laughs> I mean, these these uh, these inner circle shirts are kind of neat. It's a cool design. So it's just yeah. You know, so it's, it's I funny, know what we're getting for Christmas. Yep. It's uh it's nice. It's been cool. It's been solid, exciting to see, and uh, they have beat. They're beating NXT in the demos, although this week against baseball, uh, it, they dropped like 400,000 viewers or something, which is like, okay, week two, we're going to see some dramatic normalizations. But, you know, overall, it's interesting to see. Cause but how is it doing versus NXT is the question. NXT consistently has better matches, better like high octane like top flight workers having top flight matches. Um, especially because it was like Kushida versus Walter this week, which is a fucking indie dream match. Like that's a weird combo that no one else could have made happen. But uh, one show's got all the buzz. One show has all the viewers and one show's getting better ratings in the demos that are important. So it is what it is, you know, it's, it's interesting how everything's kind of balancing out that way, that it's like a bunch of old-ass men really watching uh, NXT and just WWE product versus the demographics that are the prime ones, you know, the actual, like, young people uh, that aren't going to die out soon are watching AEW. What it, what it means is that it's you, you have your institutional legacy viewers yeah. are going to watch USA and watch NXT. So it's... Mm -hmm. You're getting some transfer over from those demos, from those groups in Raw and SmackDown. But I wonder if, too, if like the mindset is, like if we can get those diehard people to shift brands at least one night a week, then if they put the buzz on the internet, if then other people who might be casuals or people clicking through, if we have a regular, consistent product that's entertaining, if you can gain more kind of casuals into it that maybe would have not ever given NXT a chance. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting to see how they're looking at it in three different steps because at the bottom is NXT, and it's their 
specifically just to try to disrupt AEW. You have Raw, that's the number two, that's like the legacy brand, but it is number two now to SmackDown, which is now on Fox, which is on broadcast, so they're making big-name moves, big-name signings yeah. to try to do this, and it's interesting to see how everything slots in their portfolio and their purposes, because it's which, like a SmackDown and Raw. Well, now, instead of it trying to both be, you know, our, our here's our two consistent, they're equal brands, now we clearly have an A, plus, an a brand, the B brand is now Raw, which... I kind of am more okay with them instead of trying to 50-50 at two days a week with two different brands or products versus like now, no, we consistently, we know who we want to be our favorite child kind of thing. Raw still has more hours. You know, it still has more hours of programming. So it's 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 just we're looking at a SmackDown that is... So SmackDown now only two hours? SmackDown's always been two. Okay. It hasn't been three. So Raw's still three, SmackDown is two. So you're looking at... SmackDown has fewer hours, but has to perform better in a, on a more competitive network. Yeah. Uh, so you, we see them signing people, signing big name guys from outside of wrestling, like Tyson Fury or Kane Velasquez, and doing all these. Which Kane kind of makes sense because he's actually transitioned into wrestling. He did this stuff with AAA Lucha. Yeah. But it, Tyson is just the what? <laughs> so here's my question though: Is that is this where uh, MMA is going? Like I'm seeing. Tyson, Kane, uh, fucking AEW has Jake Hager, you know, who, even though he started off as a pro wrestling guy, like, he's now an MMA guy. Uh, so you have it, all it, of these fucking crazy uh, stars from the real sport uh, coming in almost because, I mean, I think in my opinion, uh, wrestling right now, I don't know if they can make stars. And so I feel like this is where things are headed. Um, I think that there was a lot of buzz specifically around Josh Barnett's blood sport, um, which I'm wondering if that overall is where the sport will head, you know what I mean? Or at least some sort of stipulation, some sort of subdivision like that. It's, it's interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily, there's certainly that's a growing influence because again we we said we've got Rousey, we've got Kane Velasquez, we've got Brock Lesnar in WWE, right? Uh you've got oh god, who else? You've got Ken Shamrock and Stephen Bonner and Impact, like NXT's Matt Riddle and uh well, Shayna I mean, Baszler, if like if you, you go way back, yeah, it's like Rousey. WWF, yeah. I mean WWF was bringing in these celebrity alternative like I mean, the first one that comes to mind is like um Mr. T, who yeah, he wasn't a real fighter, but then we saw early on they had like Mike Tyson, then they had uh, Mayweather and now they're bringing in Fury. I, I think I think make, at the I, same time that they're bringing in Kane Velasquez though. Yeah, but I, so kind of to me what it says is that like if you're a has been real ass fighter then you're still in good enough shape to do stunt work with these boys because you're not actually taking the real blows to the head unless something messes up. So you're not the most competitive, but you're still good enough to go with the fake stuff. Yeah, no, I... I And it kind of is a way to have a longer career, you know, viability by shifting from real sports to the fake stuff. That's kind of what I And you've got cross-tie name branding. We're in a position, we're in a moment in time where there's a lot of money that WWE is willing to spend for people that have name value. And we, we know, we know that it's just kind of research that it's easier to go from MMA to wrestling than wrestling back to MMA. Oh yeah. Cause it's the fan bases don't overlap. It's much more one way street. Like yeah, wrestling yeah. fans watch MMA. 
it's not not necessarily yeah. the other way around. Like I think we're a pretty good example yeah, of that. We like fake stuff, but then you also want to see a real fight. But if you want to only watch real stuff, you don't care about the fake stuff. But <laughs> sometimes I'm kind of in the middle with this. Like where I really like is when it's a scripted match, but there's really real elements. So, which is why Bloodsport is such a breath of fresh air to me. Yeah, there's definitely with with the it's not just name value. Yes, WWE is definitely having a, a hard time making stars currently. That's a hundred percent it, and they they're willing to throw big bucks at people that bring in their own buzz to their shows. So that's a hundred percent part of it. The other bit is though, yes, that there is a kind of a growth of this, at least in part, this uh, intense new like mat based kind of s- submission MMA influenced strike heavy. These grapple boys are really getting in there and getting dirty on each other. Mm, boy, get in there and work them holes. Well, like too, it ties into, like, if you're WWE, you're not going to give somebody a chance. Generally, if they're... And I know there's always exceptions to the rule if yeah. you're NXT, Impact, New Japan. I mean, because I know they've taken a couple here in the last few years, for sure, but, like, it's not dramatic, huge grabbings. Or if somebody's a great indie star, you're probably not going to end up in WWE. You know, I mean, if you were maybe were smaller indie and then you went to NXT, but now that there's actual other things like New Japan's kind of actually coming to the states We're, and trying to give them options or AEW. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see because I think there's a lot of WWE is in warehousing mode right now. They're they're hiring people to these lucrative multi year contracts to take them off no, the yeah. table. You just like, yeah. Literally, shelve them it so is, no one else can have them. It's an embarrassment of riches that they have. Again, we have thanks Saudi Arabia. We have it's, God, it's just more than that. But yeah, it's the blood money's part of it. We've got Adam Cole. We've got you know hey, we've hey, got hey. everyone that's been anybody in Ring of Honor. Everyone that's in anyone in the British scene in Europe. They're pulling big names out of Japan consistently every year. So you see, you see a lot of what the American indie style for the last decade has been because WWE has very much taken up most of like what ring of honor was. And that was the catalyst. That was like the, that was the, uh, when you say the, the style de jour for many years. Now you see guys coming up like this, like we're, we're doing this intense shoot wrestling influence stuff. And again, guys crossed over for other sports like Dominic Garini in MLW, Tom Lawler. Um, God, it's just, it's, it's interesting. And I think the success of sh- of shows like Bloodsport show that there is a demand for that, and that is a point of difference for this for new different styles of wrestling. I think you you can only look at the success of NBA and uh, NWA Power. No NBA debut. was fine. Yeah. NBA, yeah, just N- no double dribbles. <laughs> the NWA Three points only. NWA, <laughs> damn it. NWA traveling. NWA Power's debut doing a very old school wrestling presentation and style as a point that I don't think anything's off the table anymore. Well, and I genuinely think that that makes things more meaningful. I know that, you know, Jim Cornette's a piece of shit, and I can't fucking stand listening to him for more than five minutes, but... He's a good commentator. But... (laughs) Did you see that guy? That guy beat the shit out of that other guy. Like, come on. (laughs) And that's what wrestling was back when it was good. How is that any different than, say, like, George This is the golden days of wrestling. Come on, bring things back. No more closed fists anymore. That's right. Goddamn right. (laughs) Like, come on, Jim Cornette. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of love Corny, despite the fact I hate his guts. Yeah. Well, you love to hate The young bucks, they're full of shit. (laughs) Fuck. Outlaw Macho. Sorry, yeah, it's, um... (laughs) 
just I think we, we have such a diversity. WWE pulling so many people off the table is forcing companies to innovate. Yeah. Or pull from outside or be willing to accept these well, stylistic other companies changes. But innovate because they won't innovate. There, there is something to the point, though, that actually more... Because Bloodsport... I was thinking about it. I was like, for such a name, like you'd think that it would be this like hardcore deathmatch thing, brother. But instead, it's more rules than your average <laughs> wrestling it's, fight. It's very um, rule-focused. Yeah, it is actually so set dream. that it actually makes... It more of a sport than it is a spectacle, which makes it provides the spectacle automatically. It's really smart in that sense. It's funny how actually adding back in the no closed fist rule, yeah. like to Jim Cornette's credit, um, does create more of a narrative in the sense of yes. somebody throwing something as simple as a punch, that dirty fucking heel. No, you know, a hundred percent. We tell people they can't do these things. So when they do them, it means something. Like exactly. It's, that's, that's storytelling well, I mean, 101. Yeah, and, and nobody all night throws a punch until the dastardly one, top one, heel. That one motherfucker punches the guy in the throat, and then it's like, I'm well, going to... And hit. that was old wrestling, because old wrestling, there not everybody was doing flying star press. Not everybody's doing backflips and all this crazy stuff. It's like, you've got three moves, so when you do the fourth move, oh my god! Well, and it's funny, because I think back to like Rampage Jackson, which we're going to talk about that guy in a little while. <gasps> oh, shit. Rampage... Uh, you talking about in, the A team fame? Well, he used to <laughs> back in Pride days. That motherfucker used to straight up power bomb people. No, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that was like his signature thing in MMA. Yeah, he was, and the it was a real big, fighter doing dumb wrestling yes, moves and, and causing CTE. It was a big deal because <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he was almost breaking motherfuckers' necks doing power bombs, and like it's funny how in Bloodsport just the reintroduction, like a power bomb finished a match. Like, the dude just hit a powerbomb. It wasn't even a release one. He did it, you know, still holding on to him, just slamming him. The dude just pretended to be knocked out. He fell limp. Yeah, no, D- Davy Boy Smith finished Tom Lawler with the powerbomb. Exactly. And, like, and it was fucking brutal. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, exactly. It's it the, looked so good. It's the context. Because, again, we see people do... We see people do wrestling moves in MMA, like that guy that mm. won with a Boston Crab, or what's-her-face <laughs> that got yeah. dropped on her head. Like It's, it's crazy how... In WWE, like, these guys are wrestling their asses off 365, you know, on the road for all this time. In Japan, they're doing all this crazy stiff shit. In uh, AEW, like, all those guys are wrestling their fucking asses off. But I'm still over here, like, actually, I'm desensitized to all of that so much that contextually, when you put it together still, simple things work better on me than before you know yeah no it's it's old wrestling brother we're we're seeing a diversity of styles kind of crop up that we haven't a little while and a lot of this is like again wwe changing wwe having a sub brand that takes a lot of the american the major american indie style off the board and you see companies bring in these mma influences but like new japan has distribution so you've got strong style kicking in and like all japan has king roads and like King's Road and more luchas pulling in, so like all of the all of these things are allowed to kind of have room to grow and flourish a little bit more. And yeah, the shoot style is kind of proving to be one of the bigger ones because again, MMA is such a big influence in the wrestling circles, from the wrestlers to the fans to 
advertisers, you know, in clearly the now more than ever. I but feel. could you argue that that ties into like with all things throughout history where everything is cyclical and a lot of the wrestling in the untelevised days when it's territorial, there were guys that their whole background was I'm just an old gruff bikery badass and I'll shoot your ass all day. Mm-hmm. And so you put that guy in a fake thing, but he might stretch you and bend your ass all night. To where now we're just kind of seeing a bit of a return to that because people are so washed out with the old or the new, I guess, unold style, you know? Yeah, it's, um, I think just we're at a position where people are more open to trying to more different things mm-hmm. than ever before. And it's a question of access. It's like AEW has proven there are viable alternatives, you know, it, smaller distribution platforms letting these companies find their footings. So, yeah, I I think it's proving to be a trend that's going to stick around and provide obviously good entertaining matches because again, Bloodsport was one of my favorite shows I've seen in God quite a long time. So yeah, it makes it, it, it makes for kind of a question because of this like no rules thing, you know, um, to to bring it into the most recent WWE thing. <laughs> I just want to say this, man. Like I was being told by multiple people. Uh, that WWE was doing so well <laughs> um, that under Paul Heyman and Bischoff, things are going great and fine and dandy. And you know what? It's worth watching again. And then oh. I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm hearing this. So what I'll do is I'll just tune into Hell in a Cell and see how everything's booked. <laughs> and uh, I mean... There were a couple things that were pretty good. You know, I felt like uh, Sasha and Becky were, you know, wrestling their asses off. They had a, they put um, a lot of some innovating spots, you know, yeah, that worked the, hard. The the chair in the cage was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy to me how badly they fucked it up in the end. <laughs> they, It's so dumb. I don't want to belabor this point too much because we're not going to say anything that has already been said on this. Sure. But they booked themselves into a corner that they didn't need to and took the dumbest way out they could. So it's like, for everything they do that you think they're good and they're changing and maybe something this time will be different, they just show you... Well, it's no. just like it's an abusive... a 5% change, and it's like you're eating the same meal you've had every day for a week, and you're like, but this time we added pepper instead of salt. But it's still the same shit. I'm like... getting gaslit by WWE guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's very... no, it's okay. Come back. It's come fine. Back. I'll be different. Totally different this time, I'll be bro. different this totally time. Totally different. And then, and then I come in because they're like, maybe, maybe it was just you, you know? Maybe you're changing. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it is just me. Maybe I'll come back in, and maybe I'll look at things in a different... Nope, nope, we still fucking suck. Negative. We're still the worst. We still don't, we so still don't know how to handle The only thing that I life. thought was cool at the end is I, I do like The Fiend. I like that everything went red and the coating on the ring, but then just the way it ended was just completely laughably bad. Okay, I have one question about this. All right. Because they have not even... Uh, directly stated how that what what the finish was. They have not said whether it's a no contest or just, a DQ. They just called it a ref stoppage, which is not a thing, which has never been a thing in a hell in the cell. Not but really. Do, but does that make it a does that make it a DQ? Does that make it a, a no contest? No, sorry, it's who, a it's a quote. Who, it's a match stoppage, which is 
not words that existed in the lexicon. Yes, because Herb Dean wouldn't have stopped. Here's it. That's an, all I'm no, saying. Herb Dean here's an example it out. of <laughs> fucking up your concept so poorly. Um, and I would like to bring this into the grander scape of why Bloodsport works. Mm-hmm. Because Bloodsport was, we're going to follow the rules that we set for ourselves. And sometimes we'll break them for dramatic effect. And what we've done with Hell in a Cell, as we've said, there are no rules. Except except, except, except when we when, add them for dramatic effect. Yeah. Oh. And this is, this is why it doesn't work. At all. It does not work in reverse. <laughs> no. So could, in theory, then, if I'm playing devil's advocate, could WWE come in, say, January of next year, 2020, and say, hey, here's all of these new rules. We're going to change everything up. We're going to make it all fresh. I think they're so programmed and they you don't want to retroactively fuck with that shit, too. And, but- and they're, yeah. <laughs> and, and no, it's this whole, it's too late to rewrite the rules on what Hell in a Cell is supposed to be. Because, again, you're... The only thing a anyone man, thinks of with this... A man shoot broke his face, broke, falling through the top of the cage. He jumped off the top of the cage. Through the ring. And then through the thing. tooth. And then got a chair dropped on, on his face. Tacks. Yeah. And lit on fire and exploded because Mick Foley's a madman. No, this is, a, this is famously... And now he's doing comedy This tours. is famously the feud ending, anything goes match, and then there's a match stoppage. And it's like, okay, cool. This is why I'm only watching AEW and NWA and MLW because it's like I can't, you know, they they respect basic storytelling and they're only one hour a week. Well, and I tried, you know, I I legitimately thought because there's now record a backlog on this podcast of me saying this shit's bad. And you can pretty much I think that there's actually a narrative happening on this podcast. If you listen to it of us saying we don't like this product, we don't like this product. It started with, you know, maybe this is okay. It's childhood nostalgia. And then it goes into, and mm. this kind of sucks. Japan's better. And then it turns into, oh, this is terrible. Oh, this hey, is America awful. America has alternatives. Hey, look, yep. hey, you could literally watch straight everything else. unethical to watch. Um, you know, this is blood shit. They fucking uh, support the Trump administration, which we hate. The big Trump um, fundraiser. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole so, thing. I think that this is the point where um, I don't want to make like a official declaration or anything on the podcast because it's pretty hard to say, you know, hey, the most popular product out there of this thing, we're gonna stop talking about it because we're not we're not um, like a we're not like a focused pro- we're not a focused podcast on something else. It's not like we're gonna hundred percent dedicate ourselves to talking about only AEW or only Japan or but whatever. I will say. Can we can let's focus on not is this talking about? But I mean, is WWE really uh, worth it? No anymore. Well, and I look at it like I mean, of course, Banks isn't here today. But generally, who's the one that kind of keeps us three in the loop about it? Him. He's so, the only one that watches. Yeah. I'll, so I'll of, of four people, twenty five percent of us are actually regularly watching. But that's because it wasn't always because i hated the product it was actually because the product doesn't respect my time fundamentally no, yeah. it's it there is way too many hours like if it's great if you have nothing else to do in your life and they don't reward you for taking the time to watch it honestly There's they actively com- punish you for now it. yeah now it, well, <laughs> yeah they are active how dare you watch it i will say I, before before we end this thing i will say the one thing the one good thing the one best thing 
WWE has done this week? Have you seen who's doing the WWE on Fox Twitter account? No. That guy's amazing. That guy or girl, whoever they are, fucking hilarious. They had a moonlight vigil picture of <laughs> rest in peace, uh, the, the wild card rule, July 2019 to October 2019. <laughs> They've been funny. There's been some good. That's clearly somebody with some writing chops that gets the program. That's been the only good thing. Like Even the other wrestlers in the company are like, that, can we let's just talk about how good that Twitter account is? <laughs> But hey, that's the only good thing. Okay, that's the only good thing. Small miracles. One Twitter account. Small the one Twitter account, and never talk about the product again. We'll just talk about what Sunday. You know what that means? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. No, that's the best WWE Twitter account. (laughs) Okay, that's true. It's the yeah. WWE on Fox is the second best. Go follow at Luke Harper WWE. Follow follow uh, Fox on WWE. Follow Luke Harper and then follow uh, John Cena on Instagram. Yeah, he's, <laughs> These are he's the best quality. accounts. And while you're at it, also follow Derek Lewis if you want a lot of big booties and fast cars. Uh, or, you know, hey, I made that productions or fight forever. You know, you Fuck can yeah, add. Who are those adding, guys? If you're at. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll get around to updating. Fucking white guilt piece of shit garbage. All right. Whoa, whoa. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, re- show, buddy. I resemble that remark. Uh, all right. And by that, I mean I have a family. Let's take so a break. On that note, let's take a quick break. Uh, I'm going to crush some more blind lemons. And uh, we'll be back to talking about MMA. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So today's episode of Fight Forever is brought to you by Landshark. Landshark Lager. Popska. Island style lager. It's not great. <laughs> okay, beer. <laughs> Whatever happened to Red Stripe? Hooray, only Red popular Stripe. in Jamaica because they're stoned. I, it's not even. They're still a thing. It's just, there. You, you have to look down. It's at the bottom shelf of every cheap liquor store ever. Red Stripe. We come in weird bottles. Do, do so, they even make cans? <laughs> we've never heard of metal. So, uh, in the world of MMA... MMA! MMA! What is there worth talking about? Uh, uh, I'll tell what, you what there is worth talking about. I want to talk about um, what you want to talk about. <laughs> you want to talk about what he wants to talk about. And you want to talk about <laughs> what, what we're all, all talking, talking about. about. Oh, it goes in circles and circles and circles! Oh, Yeah! So we're talking about this BMF title, right? It means this the BMF. best friends forever. <laughs> it means best mother father friends. Remind us what the bad mango foibles. Fruit. Yeah, foibles. bad mango fruits. The bad so, mango foibles title is about. So Nate Diaz. Um, Nate Diaz, who uh, is part of the conglomerate known as the Diaz Brothers. Diaz also with Brothers. Nick of the California Diaz's. Yes. That are vegan. The, the and vegan gangsters. friendly. Yes. The, the vegan California Stockton gangsters. Very California. I mean, they have some of the best moments because they are just so fucking... Insane. Yes. I mean, what I love about the Diaz brothers is that they very famously uh, have a move called the Stockton Slap, which Ooh. is... <laughs> Uh, they're not even trying to KO you. They're just trying to slap the shit out of you. 
and if you, box your ears. If, if you, you look up on YouTube, uh, there's actually like a compilation video of the Diaz brothers just throwing the Stockton slap. And there's one that's great on Conor McGregor where Conor McGregor gets caught with the slap because it could have been just a punch that could have knocked a motherfucker out. But instead, they're just like slapped you. And they always throw their arms out afterwards like fucking gotcha bitch i just slapped you <laughs> like a hoe <laughs> like disrespect disrespect just absolute disrespect and he did it to connor just like <laughs> slapped him across the chin and connor like shook his head like a oh, fucking he slapped you <laughs> son of a bitch yeah he even he looks down racist and problematic <laughs> yeah oh hey, this mexican's fighting me like a mexican <laughs> he just slapped me what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck what the fuck? I just got slapped out of my position. So, okay, so Nate is going to fight who soon for this title? Masvidal. So, oh, hey, Masvidal. So they're fighting for the, the fastest knockout in MMA fame. So, yeah, I just want to, like, briefly yeah, ground say us in this. who the fuck Jorge Masvidal is. Because I went back only two fights ago to Jorge Masvidal, who lost a... War, mind you, um, against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. This was this time last year in Madison Square Garden. Wasn't anybody. And, I mean, he was. He was Jorge Masvidal, who still had the same resume that they reference all the time. He's an OG fighter. But he fought Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and it was all about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson because Wonderboy had just lost to Woodley the second time. Uh, in what was a very close fight. And just want to point out, he was in the low undercard. Yep. And he lost. And now this year, in not two fights, he beats the shit out of Darren Till. Yep. Which, Darren Till was a rising... Yeah, he was rocket strapped to well, until he, he got... Yeah, he, oh, he was a prospect. Well, you know... Till's on the downside, but he was still a prospect. Yes. He was still some name value so there. Sure, he, sure. he loses. He gets choked out by sure. Woodley and then goes into a fight with Masvidal where you think, okay, see Till's going to be back yeah. on the... Till redemption, yeah. yeah. See how yeah. he handles a loss, a recovery. And suddenly... Nope. <laughs> and I just want to point out, too, Ben Askren <laughs> just said he was going to challenge the winner of Masvidal Till, and Askren was definitely saying... It's going to be Till. till. <clears throat> he kept saying that over and over again. Like, it's probably going to be Till. But, you know, I'll fight old George. And then uh, we get to the Masvidal Askren fight, which. <laughs> God, it still brings, a, still brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it. Definitely. This is what's fucking crazy to me. This guy who was on basically a three fight losing streak happens to get two wins. That puts him on top of the fucking world. And now, this year, there are basically three contenders for fighter of the year. Some people have to have a <laughs> hell of a glow up year. Yeah. And he is the hippie top <laughs> of fighter of the year is Jorge Masvidal let's, if he beats Nate Diaz. Let's, let's be honest here. To take nothing away from his credentials or his resume or whatever... But was the Till fight really that sensational? Did that really like do that much for him? Yes. Really and um, truly? Go back and watch that fight. It's fucking crazy. I'm not going to... Okay. He right. knocks Darren Till the fuck out. And you also have to go back. You just have to understand 
what Darren Till managed to do uh, with that rocket pack on his back that he was absolutely not ready for. Because people thought, oh, he's really ready. He came in and beat the shit out of Donald Cerrone. I mean, not, not just... Cowboy. Not just... He'll fight anybody like, for a hot dog and a handshake. It, it wasn't just <laughs> like He a, loves getting punched oh, in the face. Casual, like, you know, really evenly matched war. Nah, nah. No. Till shut him out. Cowboy got in no significant strikes. Like, at least in the Gagey fight... Cowboy got in a couple hits before Gagey knocked him out. Put him, yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is Cowboy's primed ready to become the next WWE superstar! <laughs> I mean, I can see it. <laughs> I, I don't think We're, Cowboy would say no to anything. <laughs> <laughs> They'll promise hey, him all the hot dogs. You, you actually just have to promise him it's really stupid and dangerous. He's like, and he's say like, no more. <laughs> CTE. I'll do it for free. Never heard of her. <laughs> Never <laughs> Can I fight in a hat? Yes, sir. CT sounds I ain't cute. gonna CT or you brought her. <laughs> like, what? Sounds like uh, Cowboy's <laughs> trying to get out to pasture. <laughs> I, um... So... Okay, because I was just gonna say, like... Darren Till was already a fucking beast, and it was just like, oh, hey, he yeah, just... Yeah. He, he lost to Woodley. Lost Woodley to is Nothing. just yeah. that good. Yeah. Um, But then it turned into, oh... Masvidal is is something is, there. It's it's not that Till is bad. It's that something clicked with Masvidal in yeah. his little in his few months off. Because I'm gonna say, it, delivering that sensational KO is going to do something for a, somebody's career. Just full stop. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. you're gonna gain a lot from b- being. Literally, the making that highlight reel moment that they're going to show for decades on now. So, well, and that's the other question I wonder is like if he was on this losing streak, if he was kind of a nobody relatively, that means they're paying him less. So, if they put the rocket on him, they can pay him still less than somebody who you know has been a top kind of guy at least for a while till it catches up. So, you're like, Psh, I can save some money. This guy's just out of nowhere knocking folks out fastest in the thing, taking on relatively known fellows so meh, give him a shot why not KOs get you places faster yes yeah clearly I mean because it's always sensational and traumatic and just as long as you're able to capitalize on it really well which Masvidal has been doing yes yeah. um, it's really smart how this guy has managed to jump on things and then um, the call out that Nate Diaz made made everything so much better. I think that's that's smart on everybody's part because I don't think like yeah the Diazes are insane, but I don't think they're idiots. Like I think they they know damn well. They're some of the smartest motherfuckers no, in terms yeah, of marketing the business exactly. Like they're it's, like the young bucks. Now people will of MMA. yeah people will get onto From Nate the Diaz city of Stockton. I mean <laughs> they they don't do well in terms of. Uh, What's the word? Um, they're, they're, they're they're not well spoken gents. No, um, but but this is fighting. Yes, and they're actually really good at replying to things. Like uh, both Masvidal and Nate Diaz are really good counter punchers in terms of their uh, their verbal sparring. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is what no. makes a lot of their press conferences coming up probably going to be a little boring. 
um, because they're going to be very respectful towards each other. There's no animosity towards these two guys. But does that also come because they're both mid-30s? You know what I mean? Like, both these dudes are a little long in the tooth versus, say, like, okay, so you look at Till. Till hasn't even hit 30. So he's... If, let Till kind of ride it out, get his skills up. Till's going to be a champ. Give it four or five years when some of these guys have to retire. Till's just like, meh, I'll take on the best I can in the meantime. Well, I mean, I'll age up and then I'll... I mean, if we're taking Till as that point of comparison, sure, like there's something to be said for being, I don't know, aggressive, being on the offensive, being in, like impertinent or wanting to start a fight or, you know, being sensational in your press conference. But that's that's not, you know, that's that's not really what these guys thing is like they they're good at like give me a line and i'll riff off of it is kind of what they've done they've looking, taken a few improv classes <laughs> stocktic uh, civic center right? a lot of, a lot of yes and with those boys but can respect it as here's the biggest question that i have looking over this fight and there's everybody's asking who do you think's gonna win Everybody's asking, is Bruce Buffer actually going to say what BMF stands for when they present that belt? One can only hope. But what I have to ask, is this bad mango frappuccino belt, what does it look like? doesn't matter because Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to put it on the winner of that match. It's Okay, so the BMF belt, take a journey with me here. Mm -hmm. It's actually three belts. It's Three the belts Barry Manilow Forever belt. You've got a belt that you wear over your face. Ooh, that's the B. It's the Barry. And then it's it's actually like a big M, big metal M in the middle, and it's actually kind of like two straps. It's like a double it's a belt. Chest that's strap. That's Manilow. a chest strap, yeah. Okay. It's a He-Man chest piece with a big Ooh. M. And then the F kind goes like a over the groin. Over top. your feet. Oh, okay, for feet. Oh, it's an, it's, yeah, it. it's a okay. pair of F shoes that you have to put your feet together for it to work. Now that's balls, like shoe. eyeballs. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm thinking a skin-tight bodysuit. Yes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something in gold dust, I see. <laughs> With tassels? <laughs> tassels on the... Not where you'd expect, but somewhere you definitely don't wish they were. <laughs> what are these doing on the insides of the knees? That doesn't seem practical <laughs> at all. That doesn't it's seem to tickles. really make the effect of tassels I don't happen. understand. Yeah, that's you not... Know, it'll be really cool when I have a... <laughs> With Masvidal, just a flying knee with those, though. <laughs> why? Why did you put tassels in the armpits? <laughs> like <laughs> they just tickle so much. Ew. Helps the perspiration. <laughs> because we had the nipple holes, we couldn't put them there. Oh, oh that's for sense. aerodynamics. It's fine. No, no. The, really, the real answer is they're just going to get one of the old Steve Austin smoking tol smoking skull titles. I'm totally fine. I knew that was would the be. coolest. I know. Belt. It's like fucking badass. It's the dumbest, best thing. What if they do the John Cena spinner belt? Mm. <laughs> and they spray paint the NWO and then spray paint that out and then spray paint BMF. Is it seriously going to have a title? Um, so that's what Dana White says. He says he's making one or he wants to make one. Is he like, he's like, bro, bro, you do this fight and I will make you a title. Like you're That's how he said it. So that he's is the DDP of MMA. Everything is bro, and he's okay. all disconnected. Okay, no, this is this is this is where we're gonna take a we're gonna take a page out of wrestling, but not where you think. We're gonna take this from AAA. We're gonna go from Lucha because those motherfuckers have a Ray to Ray tournament every year. You get a goddamn long sword for winning. <laughs> oh, that is the best. That's yeah. pretty fucking awesome. They're no, fighting over the a shit. goddamn Thundercat sword. <laughs> That's I, pretty badass. Note to self, starting wrestling training tomorrow. <laughs> Gonna win me a sword, <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> gotta win the BMF sword. <laughs> Big metal fighting. 
Wait, they're fighting with metal robots now? What if it's <laughs> what if it's just a forty? Yeah, it's called real steel. Uh, it's 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 just it's just a fucking Colt forty five model. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, cool. Okay, they counterpoint. They get to hang out with Lando Calrissian though. What if it's the Billy golden BMF joint? <laughs> they just yeah for fucking, the Diaz boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Joint. It's your it's your illicit drug of choice. I mean that's that's what uh, Nate, Nate Diaz <laughs> and Masvidal said. They were like, hey, no matter who wins, we're both gonna we smoke get, a lot of weed together <laughs> after this. <laughs> Are there BMF rules for the BMF fight? Um, I don't think so. Um, but because I'm gonna I'm gonna assume there's gonna be a lot of slapping. I, <laughs> It is the best mature female fight, so you want to yes. keep the hands open, okay? Yeah, exactly. You know, Very catty, if you will. Extremely. Lots of hair lots of hair pulling. Lots of insulting. Yeah. Lots of judgmental looks. I think Ooh, this is gonna be good. Dynasty. I really think there's a rich possibility space here because if we're gonna make a fake weight class, what is this even in a weight class? How is this a title if it's, it's not in a weight class? It's in a weight class, it's welterweight. Are they gonna give BMF titles for every weight class? No. Is the BMF title an open weight title? I don't think so. Because you take off the bad motherfucker and make it big motherfucker, and that's where our boy oh. Black Be- or Black motherfucker, and that's where Black Beast takes it. It's oh. the BBMF title. So. That's right, me, Derek Lewis. <laughs> I just ate Nick Diaz. <laughs> Give me his title. Shout out to Popeyes. Yeah, I thought he was Popeyes. Next question though is how long till Derek Lewis is going to fight Tyson Fury? Not soon enough. That should be a fight for the ages. By the right way, there. have y'all seen the standoff between Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman? It's, it's I've it never seen gold. <laughs> it's, it's the dumbest, best dumb thing. But uh, no, no. But the actual media standoff. Yeah, it was the fucking best. Have y'all seen the clip? No. Where they're slapping each other's arms <laughs> back and forth. So like, like it's, it's, it seems like pretty intense that they're like doing that. And then Braun Strowman's like, <laughs> and then slaps him on the arm. <laughs> And then Tyson Fury gives him this look like, what the fuck did you just do to me? And then he slaps him back on the arm. And then, and then he slaps him harder, and then he slaps him harder. And then they, like, get right up in each other's fucking faces again. So it's like, like one of those. British and then they start, boys. Yeah, And then they start laughing it off. And then they do it again. And then they look back at each other again. You know, it, it's pretty hysterical. So how so, long till we evolve into just watching a slapping contest video? Now, I love me some Tyson Fury. Uh, have you seen the little like boxing promotion stuff between him and the Bronze Bomber? Oh, because with, uh, Devontae Wilder. Yeah, yeah. Devontae Wilder is like doing this thing where he's just like fucking. He he starts going into his persona, the the Bronze Bomber, and Tyson Fury's like coming at him like, "I thought that you had faith in Jesus Christ." <laughs> and like, oh, whoa, it's like, what? Okay, whoa, <laughs> excuse me. I don't like to talk about that in public, Tyson. Jeez. Tyson? That's very personal, God, Tyson. Tyson? Ty, what are we doing? Tyson. We're trying to fight. You're such a tall boy. You know such what's a nice He's funny. only 6'9". <laughs> so I know, like, it's... He's the same. He's taller than Braun Strowman, yeah, isn't Strowman he? Yeah, Strowman's 6'8", yeah. God damn. So that That's, makes him one of the tallest men in WWE. But that, you yeah. know, what? but what I love about yeah. Tyson Fury compared to Braun Strowman is that... Okay, Braun Strowman was like strong man, right? So he's not like he's got like a six pack, but that dude's got like an upper body. He's got the power with the nabs, yeah, like the, t- the weird. Tyson Fury is just six foot nine and dumpy. He's just like <laughs> well, he's he, a little he potty. fell into a lot of drugs I and know. alcohol and got up to five hundo. He's just, hundo this, he's and was just like, this big, right. tall, p- 
pale, bald motherfucker that's just kind of tubby. He's got a little <laughs> bit of a gut, but he's How just tall. He's almost a Jason Statham if he got a little shack <laughs> on his face and head. If you glued another Jason Statham <laughs> to Jason Statham and then put another, stapled another hey, one to the he's, front. He's a young lad, okay? He's only our age. Oh, my God. He's, there's too much man in him. <laughs> there's a lot of man in that oh man. Oh, my God. But Call that boy a man which... Speaking of man winches. Speaking of the Irish. What? <laughs> what? Has speaking of Bennigans. Here's here's a big question. You know what I can go for? A Monte Cristo. Ooh. Now participating Minigans. After everything that's happened recently mm. within uh the industry, is Connor McGregor at all something we give a shit about anymore? You know, I mean, he's got a court case soon for dumb choices in his life. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll care when he, you know, is in when legal reporting prison, kicks in. Yeah. yeah, for whichever poor, uh, whichever poor woman he's harassed in a goddamn bar, a nightclub. You know, when he's called a humanhood on his fucking coke binge for the week. Uh, has does does he still mean anything to the industry? Has it passed him by? I feel like at this yeah, point, he's... I don't think so. I think he's... You could still... Go ahead. I was going to say, I think he's fallen from grace a bit, sure. but I feel like best case scenario, he needs to go away for a little while and actually like do a little prison time or something, right? Then come back and be all reformed, get his life together, find Jesus, something, and then give him a weird re rewriting of a background you just you just want to feel like we did that though with john jones and it didn't work but that's because jones is an idiot jones just can't not keep screwing up but also here's the kings to the kingdom just don't do but right now i don't give a fuck what jones does in his personal life all that i care about is that he's fighting regularly but right now he's so unfucking promotable that there's been a whole musical chairs dance that has happened between Daniel Cormier and Stipe and Israel Adesanya and everything that he's got lined up. And Jones does not have a chair. Like that's where we're at. Keep proving that you can't be counted on. Eventually doesn't matter how damn good you are. The company's like, you're going to screw this up. I just know this. So I'm not going to count on you. Doesn't matter if you were the best of all time. You are so like dependably bad at just not screwing up, I'm not. I'm just going to pass on you. Sorry. There's there, there's, there's Connor who announced that he retired. Yeah. And then there's the sad note of like Jones, who's from basically the same era, a little bit before, who uh, should be a megastar, was one of the most anticipated returns, and it's just underwhelming. Here's. I think here's the issue. Jones is still plenty capable of delivering performances at an elite level. I don't think, given Jones's capability to actually fight, he's a couple of good wins from being hot again. I yeah. genuinely think because I, I don't, I see I, you know, I don't think it's it takes too much to get people reinterested in a guy. Jones may be an special case because you have to work a lot harder to get over the criminal history. Yeah. And some of that may not be ever. He's probably. His values ultimately diminish what it could have been, sure. I don't think he'll be easy there. I don't think he can. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's completely unsalvageable. No. He's diminished, though. Uh, I think the difference with um, Connor is, is that I don't know. 
he had more buzz. Not that he wasn't talented, but he always had more buzz than he had, um, I guess, skill. You know what I mean? Like he was a better talking than a fighter. Yeah, and like we seen, we saw he left had a big match where he lost to Mayweather. He was very protected. Yeah, he was yeah. very protected, and then he exposed himself in this Mayweather match for a lot of money. And wow, surprise! The boxer won a boxing match. Whoopie shit! But he came back, you know, big redebut and got completely clowned by Khabib. And it's like, but I mean, you you say that he doesn't have a whole lot of skill, but I, but I mean, I'm saying though, he starched Eddie Alvarez. But I I guess to counter your point, or I mean to add on to your point, it's like okay if. Connor is so if he's got the gift of gab and he's an okay fighter, then you look at someone like Khabib who is just uncharismatic, unmarketable, mm. just like I will break you, I'm Muslim, eh, Russia, yes. And then he's the like scariest dude on the planet. It's yeah. hard to put a like rocket on him because like he's not putting asses in seats. He's not controversial. He's not getting people to like oh Connor, even if he gets his ass whooped, he's still so likable and charismatic. You're you can identify with him in some way, shape, or form and want to support him. I, I don't mean to say Connor didn't have skill, but he was a guy. No, that, but I, I, he I was a guy saying. that was sold on the sizzle and not the steak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Khabib is like the best steak you're going to have, but nobody knows about it. Uh, you but know, some I, know, but you know what I mean. Like you, Khabib's never going to be the face of Takati or of some alcohol, or he's not going to be this very likable on everything kind of stuff. It's, I don't know. I think we're. I, I don't think we're so far that we can't reinvigorate Connor oh, yeah. or Jones or anybody like that, but it Connor's, takes a little bit of work. Well, but here's Connor's something in else, his own though. world, and they have new people coming up in Connor's absence. I think that we've passed the entertainment uh, side of the sport. I think that we've gotten past this. Uh, era of the CM Punks, the Brock Lesnar's, the Conor McGregor's. I think that we're now in this sort of mode where the people that are getting pushed to the top, it's because they're really fucking good. Um, I mean, being able to talk helps, but you get a motherfucker like Israel Adesanya, who is that good and that good at talking. You get a guy like Khabib, who... Isn't that great at talking, but has this unblemished fucking record yeah. and is just that good? He's got a crazy following right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, because people who are really into the sport, even if he can't talk, know him and know that he's like a champ's champ. And it's just over time, as he gets better with English and so forth, I think he'll learn to talk. But also, he's not going to be a shit talker. That's just not in his makeup based off his, like, his background. Uh, you know, but just let him be the cold, cool, stoic Russian. Like, tell him to go full Ivan Drago of like, I will break you. Cool. That could be Khabib shit. I mean, that's kind of what he does, though. He comes in and he says, I'm going to smash. Yeah. I will smash you. I will smash number one bullshit. <laughs> I will <laughs> smash you are number Me one and bullshit. Me and Putin will, uh, I am I will Putin's smash. punisher. Yes. <laughs> I do not drink, but I will drink your blood. I, oh. I, Khabib I, Zimbela. I, I think it's. I think it's it's premature to say we're past the point of needing to be entertaining to be a big name in UFC because I think if you're a big enough guy or girl or person or whatever, a personality, if you have enough personality and Dana likes you and you can make the money, they'll let you do whatever well, and I mean, they will roll out the carpet to another, protect they'll you. they'll let you go and then you go to Bellator and fight there. Well, the other example, like similarly yeah. to Khabib, is, to me is like... Um, 
I just drew a blank of his name. Uh, the heavyweight champ right now. Um, Stipe. Yeah, Stipe. Stipe is like not super charismatic. He's like, uh, I'm a fireman. Uh, my parents are immigrants. Uh, I mean, they tried to put the thing on him with the... But he's a fucking co- star now. No, no, no. But I mean, he's he's got the chops. He whoops ass. I get it. But he's just not a super charismatic, likable guy. But people who like the sport like him. So it doesn't matter if he can talk. You don't have to be able to talk in this sport because it's a real sport. In wrestling, contrarily, you've got to be able to talk. That's like 50%. If you can't talk, doesn't matter if you're the best in the ring, they'll try to mask it and give you a, a guy who can talk. Look at Bobby Lashley, right? Look at Bron- uh, Brock. He can't... He's a... Durr! But he like they have to figure out stuff to make up for it because it's just expected. You've got to be able to talk. Yeah. But in UFC, you don't have to. You got to either talk or you got to cut. Even in boxing, yeah. It's... <laughs> in you boxing. did say Bobby Lashley. Well, you know. So no speaking of, speaking of uh, bygone eras, uh, I wanted to present the fight that was just announced uh, to you guys. This, okay. this will date, by the way, when we're recording this. Okay, hold on. But I want to present the Bellator Japan main event. Okay, okay. So this Wait, is Bellator where Bellator travels internationally. Now they do. Del- Bellator does Japan. Is this their first time though? It might be. I don't okay. think it is. But yeah, I, I okay. think it's or one of the so few presumably okay. presumably this is where Rampage comes back in. Yes, <gasps> Rampage. Oh, is he a light heavyweight or a heavyweight light, at this point? If I'm not his, mistaken. Well, he no, is, but is, oh, he, okay. is he bothering he's, to weight cut anymore? He's, he's not bothering to weight cut. He's too <laughs> yeah, old for that It's shit. Bellator. Yeah. Expect him to roll up one. <laughs> Minimum. <laughs> no, I mean, no, because fucking Rampage has been at it for a long fucking time. So he's, okay, he's heavyweight. All right, do we know how old Rampage is? Just uh, is he 40? Uh, let's see. He You're about is... to spoil what the fight Shut is. Shut up. Okay. Google Don't like, quit like, uh, Rampage he's versus, 41. versus, versus Frank Mir. <laughs> Ooh, nope. um, um, damn it! I think uh, that fight's happened in Bellator. Prob- <laughs> probably, uh, Rampage because he doesn't know when to say when, and he's also not cutting weight anymore. Chuck Liddell. Nope. <laughs> damn it. Is so it, <laughs> it is th- this. I think is pretty fucking crazy uh, because I'm also like, man, he came back after that whole Grand Prix. It's fucking Rampage and versus Fedor Emelianenko. Fedor. <laughs> Fancy. Oh so, my god. Wow, so this is a fucking pride throwback. This I'm is excited. a pride throwback in Japan, but I'm like, this is something that would have headlined the fucking Tokyo Dome in 2005. In, yeah, in the 90s. <laughs> and, and now it's... And this is something also that's a little weird to me. Uh, Rampage has like very publicly stated many times that Fedor, in his opinion, is his fighting hero. Um, so it's a little strange to me that this is who he's, you know. Well, I mean, maybe it's like uh, it's, it's not like he made the match. Bellator effectively is in a weird like has been dream match. I mean, it's how is that that much different than say like WWE going to Saudi Arabia, where you get to see shit you never got to see as a kid. But these has beens that shouldn't be doing it, but yeah. by God, the zeros add up. Yeah, to that's equal. really weird. Yeah. How, how weird is it? To, you know, seeing Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez doing it ten years later in a WWE ring. It's just a little wacky that it's in a shoot fight rampage, post A team rampage, uh, fighting Fedor. Oh, it's Fedor. He's pushing 50, I'm right? Because Rampage is 41. Okay, Fedor's so. 46. Gotta be. I'm looking. He's gotta be pushing because Chuck is 50. Yeah, but I. 
That's something. I mean, you know what? You know, I'll tell you what's good about these old man fights is that they always end in the knockout. <laughs> oh, <laughs> pile of corpses match everybody. <laughs> For a heavy, is this a heavyweight title thing? Heavyweight Grand Prix? Is that what they're putting? I can't spell. Uh, it is not a heavyweight so Grand Prix. Fedor Emilianenko. Uh, he is a whole 43, so only 43. two years older than Rampage. That's okay. It. Okay. Um, I mean, he was just fighting for much longer. Um, but uh, speaking of Grand Prix, uh, Mighty Mouse just won the eight-fight Grand Prix in uh, 1FC. So he has just gone 3-0 and in one in the Philippines. So now Mighty Mouse yes. is number one contender for the title. I'm excited okay, so for him. question, though. Do you think it was the best choice for him to leave UFC for Askren? On whose part? Yeah, on for whose? Mighty Mouse. No, for Mighty Mouse. Wait, did Mighty ooh. Mouse is making millions so, in okay. the Philippines? Financially, it's way more beneficial. So, by the way, in the Philippines and just in uh, Asia in general, I've learned that MMA is much bigger and much more lucrative. They're also doing. That uh, esports deal with Mighty Mouse. Okay. So not he's only double dipping. So not only is yeah. he fighting, he's a he's, real athlete and he's, an e athlete. Yes, he's also e-athlete. playing video games and like doing video game promotion. Um, and he's making fucking millions through one. I mean, it was a good deal for it was a good deal for Mouse. Um, you know, so good for him. I'm excited. I liked him. I didn't think that UFC UFC was clearly finished with him. So this is this is cool to see him have some stuff and get a bunch of scratch. Um, and boy, howdy, if we didn't have Askren, man, that guy's given us a lot of shit to talk <laughs> about the last bit. So this is a win-win all the way around, I think. Yeah. Fucking crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't even fucking think, man. I, I think that's all that there is to really talk about in, uh, in MMA. Uh, so, yeah, let's take a break. And let's come back. We got a little short third segment for you. Oh. Boom, 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 boom. Boom. Welcome back to Fight Forever. Fight Forever. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, three, two, one. And cut it. Welcome so, back. Yeah, third leg. So I'd like to, just real quick, five yeah. minutes on the clock. Really bring in the five minute fury. Just talk for a moment. Yeah. Amongst Present this question, which we already kind of rubbed against very sensitively. On the sensitive nips, we of touched what it. Is we fight rubbed sports. its nipples, tickled balls. But now we, we this is a very fanciful fight sports podcast. We take it to we take it to task here. But the five minute fury. I would like to ask everyone: Are we entering or are we transitioning, if you will, into a new era of fight sports? For the affirmative, Dan. For the negative, Zach? Uh, I would say yes, because we are seeing a lot of crossover by um, actual real athletes shifting into faux sports. We start to see more alternatives to the traditional sports, such as 
Bloodsport and the bare knuckle boxing. And we see more like opportunity for people to do catch weight or people from one sport to even jump, even if it's an exhibition in other countries, such as Saudi Arabia with the Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman spectacle. <laughs> spectacle. The, uh, the event. Counterpoint. I'll say no, because there's been crossovers for as long as there's been fight sports. Uh, you remember uh, Muhammad Ali fought Antonio Inoki in 1976. So, no, we've had boxers fighting wrestlers for a very long time. True. This is not, no, no, it's still my time. It's still my time. It is still my time, sir. I like 30 seconds back on that clock. Yes. Reclaim your time. Thank Quiet. you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, now, what, what do you define a new era? There's no such thing as hard gated eras, it's been a slow transition. Everything's evolving constantly. It's just certain things coming on certain times. Oh, now we have internet streaming. Oh, there's a diversity of pro wrestling because certain companies are now finding it interesting to... It's cyclical, maybe. Is that a new era? I don't know. It's a little arbitrary to decide. I pass the floor to my esteemed competition. Um, I would say it's a new era in that there's more differentiation. And yes, I will agree with you that other people have done it in the past. However, I would think that that was more of a once-per-generation type circumstance or very few, if not just purely a once. However, I think now it's becoming a more common thing for people of fighting sports, whether real or fake, to be more ingrained to... uh, participate in other things we also see more people becoming actors that started off as fighters or faux fighters look at the rock the most one of the most successful crossover people in ever john cena is now doing it roman reigns is doing it we're starting to even see people like rampage had tried and didn't quite work for them but was it because of they were a victim of their era it's uh i'm gonna say no because uh you know i don't think rampage was a victim of anything other than his own lack of talent and (gasps) terrible terrible hollywood miscasting ouch no it's cool it's cool rampage i I pity the fool great movie but how do you account for uh not even five years ago ronda rousey uh and holly holm fighting at marvel stadium and it not uh really filling the arena, but most recently Robert Whitaker versus Israel Adesanya straight up sold out the arena on a one fight card. Oh, because you, well, what's weird? Oh boy. Hmm. You get locals. Maybe locals will be interested in buying it. Hmm. Weird. Funny how that works. I think you get a Kiwi and an Aussie together and you know, I think too, unfortunately there is a little bit of misogyny in fight sports. That's true. That Women are never going to sell out. Not never. I should scratch that. Women have not sold out yet. However, it will happen eventually as the sport continues to grow and we see more female superstars, um, I think. But historically, fight sports are generally male-dominated, so there's a longer legacy in history of... And I think primarily, maybe from a barbaric standpoint... People watch fight sports because they want to see a big man put another big man down. If we even look at within UFC, what's going to get more hype? Someone who taps someone out or someone who knocks their ass purely down, CTE causes, no getting up? There, it depends on who's watching. There's many different audiences, uh, but that's, you know, that's a fair point. Some people, it is considered online that knockouts are more sensational, shorter fights are better. I don't necessarily agree. I, I'm one of those weirdos that Whose likes career enjoying- was made by a five-second knee to the face? Uh, oh, uh, hmm. counterpoint. That's hmm. fair. You know what? That's fair. But I think we just talked about he had a robust career beforehand. True, but what strapped the rocket to his back? The five second, woo! 
kick you in the face. I think it's the moment when Dana decided, you know what? I actually like that guy. We're going to let him be himself Which a little bit. Which occurred after what event? When Dana decided, <laughs> ultimately, it's what I'm saying. It's not a meritocracy. When Dana decided after a five-second fastest knockout in the history of the sport. <laughs> it's not Hey, a, maybe that boy's not pretty good. Let's, uh, it's let's a, give it's him a, a shot. I'm saying it's a conditional meritocracy here. You still have to have the big man sign off. No, yeah, of course. I mean, and same with WWE, but like ultimately being able to put somebody down and shut them physically down, like women have that with, we see a lot of the women with like tap outs. I mean, there are some like bullet where she can knock a chick out, Yep. but it's like the bigger the person, the more impactful the knockout can be, which generally is going to be men. It's uh yeah, I don't know. It's an exciting era. I wouldn't call it new, but we're always... Pause. One minute left. Lightning round, 30 seconds, Dan. What's the topic? Oh. <laughs> so uh, just just your closing argument. Uh, I would say it's a new era because in, in summation, because we have more crossover from all the sports involved, more opportunity for people to make a career or living in one or multiple of these sports and even transition more lucratively into things, whether it be Bellator or even film. So I'd think that it rides on the previous era's success to broker in this new era. Perfectly on time. And Zach? I would agree that we are in a new era. I think that we we find ourselves on the the precipice of exciting new changes in the field uh, with, wait, wait, who's, what was I supposed to be? You're on team no. Oh God. (laughs) Ah, Oh no. Oh no. I fucked it up. Yeah, no, there's cool stuff coming. It's real exciting. And that is five minutes of fury. On Fight Forever, the most fanciful fight sports podcast on the, the fucking universe. Yay! I hurt myself. Fake fighters fighting Today. fake fights. Uh, if you like what we're doing, follow us on hmm. Facebook or Twitter. Tell or us what you Instagram. think. Join the join the discussion. There is no discussion. There is no community. I don't really post there, but we will answer if you email us. Please email us at fightforeverpod and at gmail.com. Make us read your ads. Pay us. Give Pay us, us money. to read your ads. Uh, the music swelling under my voice right now is from Ryder Johnson. And the Mo music, Goodly. Mo Good, that's what's getting there. Mo Goodley is responsible for the inner title music that you'll see in between our segments um i've been zach he's been dan that other one's been colin yep, and that's been, we've all been somebody tonight. and everybody's somebody and uh, until everybody somebody loves somebody today <laughs> everything is everything yeah 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 here's the music oh, bum, ba-dum, 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 ba-dum.